Just listening to that news story there about the mayor of Silverton talking about the impact that social media has had, uh, you know, on the whole political process that they've got so many people who are now kind of attacking them online. It's led to uh, too many problems of even in person for politicians, people being yelled at, politicians being yelled at as they go down the street. So we know that social media has changed the way we interact with each other. And now we can see that it's also changed the way we kind of process information and influence how we decide to vote or maybe even how we process information about upcoming elections. And now with the arrival and integration of artificial intelligence, researchers believe that things are only kind of getting worse on that front. So what kind of a difference is AI making? Let's find out. Neil Johnson is with us now, a professor of physics at George Washington University. Neil, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. What kind of a difference is AI making versus what we had before? Yeah, it's, of course, we've always had misinformation, but, you know, now we've got 3 billion of us going to go to the polls uh, this year, you know, maybe even in Canada, but definitely in the US, UK, India. Um, basically, it's the scale, because the informa- misinformation we've had before, even on social media, Prior to AI, it could reach certain communities, but, you know, it will probably die out before it spreads globally. But AI lives 24-7. It can produce this material 24-7. It doesn't need to sleep or eat. And so it's the scale at which it can have impact and the speed, of course, because there was, you know, last week in Munich, there was an agreement between the top platforms to cut out um, harmful material, harmful election material, hate speech, all of these kind of things when it appears. Great, but we can't unsee things. We can't unhear things. So, you know, from the Biden robocalls that appeared here in the U.S. through, you know, there's um, reports in Indonesia of, um, you know, an AI uh, version of the the leader, um, you know, uh, all of these things are just escalating as the technology escalates. Is it better? Is AI now better as well at impersonating people? Because I think, you know, with enough information, you could start to spot the bots. You can start to see, well, that's a troll account. I'm not going to take that seriously. But is AI just so much better at impersonating people? Yeah, it is. And so, of course, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Maybe it can be used to detect. Right. But who's going to build that detection scheme? Um, You know, Facebook are trying to do it. Meta, I mean, um, X and previously Twitter are trying to do it. Yeah, but they can only police their own platforms. What we found in our study is that um, it's not the big platforms. The big platforms are the receivers of it, but it's generated in smaller platforms, things like Telegram, uh, Discord, uh, Gab, things that we may never have even heard of, these small platforms that interconnect and bad actors on that just push things. It's like having a, you know, a yard. I've got ants in my yard. Okay, I get rid of the ants in my yard. They come back. They come back. They come. Where are they coming from? They're coming from the neighbors. And the thing is, online, everybody is a neighbor. Right. So how can we even protect ourselves against that, Neil, when it feels like the deck is stacked against us if we're trying to translate all of this? Yeah. Um, you know, individually... Well, even look at the look at look at Congress here in the U.S. They're trying to do it every time there's a, a hearing. It's you should do more to the platforms. They say they're doing more. Both are true, actually. Um, the platforms are doing more. But what we need is actually, you know, how could you ever win a battle without a map of the battlefield? So what we're trying to do here in the university is map that out. I was amazed that nobody has a map. So I asked people listening, you know, what does the universe, you know, what does the online universe look like? 
okay, now where do the bad actors live? We might imagine they live out at the periphery. But what we found when we mapped it out is actually they're, they're the kind of glue that glues together the entire online universe. And so, you know, remove them from one site, they've got highways between platforms that just means that stuff will come back. So individually what we can do, you know, the old saying, you know, believe nothing of what you hear and half of what you see or something like that, at least have that kind of, you know, that moment of just reflection. But Neil, we don't even do that in person. Do you know what I mean? We don't we Correct. don't even we don't have that reflection in person, let alone on something that when we're by ourselves and maybe, you know, we're looking for that contact, we're so susceptible to this. Yeah, correct. So maybe that just says something that, you know, it's just something that we all have to you know, I've heard um, schemes in schools trying to be, build resilience in kids. And, yeah, it's hard. When I see something online, it's hard for me to, I mean, how, how can I know? Yeah. You know, it looks good. And, you know, you're only spending five seconds. None of us have got six hours to sit down and count the number of fingers on Biden's hand, you know, to see if it's. Um, um, so, yeah, it is it is a big problem. But our our take on it was at least let's map it out without a map. How can you even possibly know where it is and what is coming? But even if we map it out now, Neil, are we behind the eight ball on this? Like we're already behind, it feels like. We're always playing catch up with this technology. Sure, it's an arms race. We are playing catch up. And so um, this is something that um, obviously is going to play out in the, in, the, in the future. What we found is that, I mean, okay, it's a David and Goliath kind of thing. So, okay. So let's act like the David. Let's choose our points. There's no point putting a lot of resources into chasing bad actors down some rabbit hole if that rabbit hole doesn't connect back to the larger community. You know, we found there's about 50 million bad actors online, as you know, a rough estimate. And um, but they now have a direct um, link into. It's almost like two billion of us in you know, mainstream communities, parenting communities, local communities, local, as we heard, you know, like local mayor community, you know, the local towns. So we've, we, we, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky situation. But right. I, I, I go back to this question. You've got to map it out. If you don't map it out, you don't know where to put your resources. Is there any incentive for these tech companies to help out with this? Yeah, well, the EU has a, uh, a law that now, um, you know, um, February, February the 17th, a couple of days ago, came into, came into action to kind of help. But it has a fatal flaw because it just focuses on the large platforms. We need all the platforms engaged, and nobody's ever really tried to do that. Some of these small platforms are sort of, you know, out there. They're kind of... Um, you know, kind of anti, but but they have to be engaged. I mean, what would you do in world diplomacy? You can't just ignore countries that are small and, you know, kind of causing problems. You have to engage with them. So it needs something like that to engage the small platforms, which is where the bad actors often create their material. What advice would you give people then, as you say, there's, you know, important elections happening this year. There's an awful lot of people out there, Neil, who only get their information from social media. Yeah, correct. And that's an increasing number. I read a statistic, you know, something like half, 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 half the um, people in the U.S. Um, yeah, I, I think that 
um, you know, what we're hoping to do is provide, it's almost like a, like a little dashboard, imagine a little dashboard, or it's almost like the weather map where you can see where there's kind of incoming, you know, incoming storms of information. So if you happen to be on a particular platform with any particular community, you know that that platform that platform and those communities were were a hotspot. Unfortunately, before that, I can't really see much of a uh, um, much of much of what we can do, kind of collectively. Oh, well, I guess we can try to not rely on social media as much. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one. I saw that you know in the UK they're trying to kind of ban um, phones, etc., in schools. I don't know how that's going to play out. You know, I've always, you know, I think people, 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 you know, it's hard to take. Imagine taking away cars. No, you can't do that. You can't take away social media from people's lives that people you know people use it and once you've used something it's hard not to that's very true uh, thank you so much for talking to us about that today no thank you that's neil johnson neil is a professor of physics at george washington university where they did this uh, study they, they kind of dove into the use of generative ai in social media and found that it is definitely influencing people that ai will increasingly fuel election falsehoods and there are some very big elections coming up this year i think neil even mentioned like something like three billion people around the world will vote this year and that's just like the united states that's india that is the uk possibly here in Canada. Here in BC, we've got an election this year. So this is important information to know. You can't believe everything that you read on social media, but unfortunately it is just so easy. So we are so susceptible to that, right?